0: It's Term Limits Deja Vu in Louisiana. Hi, I'm Philip Blumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement for the week of June 22, 2020. Your sanctuary sanctuary from partisan politics. The Term Limits Convention bill passed the Louisiana House early last week, the second time this has happened in the last month. Then, on Friday, it passed its first and only Senate committee stop, again, And is headed to the Senate floor for a vote. Again. Nick Tombalides, Executive Director of U.S. Tournaments, is here to help us make sense of this. Hey Nick. Hi. Oh, what a week. We have a new session, a special session. And so far it looks like a rerun of the regular session that we just got done with. We're passing all the relevant committees. The House passed the tournaments convention bill. The relevant Senate committee passed the tournaments convention bill and now it's, we have a floor vote scheduled for next week. Yeah. Is this gonna be a rerun, or is it gonna have a different uh, different ending this time, it, Nick?
1: It does have a little bit of a Groundhog Day vibe to it. Uh, <laughs> it sure does. The, the House, you have to commend all the legislators in the Louisiana House, or at least most of them, because mm-hmm. it's now passed the House twice by an overwhelming bipartisan margin. Right. This died in the regular session. It was revived in the special session by a representative, Mark Wright who's our lead sponsor. Mark Wright has now gotten this passed twice through the same chamber. So tremendous kudos to him. This guy is a patriot. The Louisiana House is full of patriotic people who love term limits. But the Senate, as you noted, it's a very different story. So on Friday, the bill had its Senate committee hearing, its second Senate committee hearing, a do-over, and it passed unanimously, five to zero. It was a fun hearing to watch. Aaron Duquette, who is uh, one of our term limits warriors on the ground there, he absolutely schooled the committee on the Article 5 convention process. You have to realize what's happening here is a lot of the politicians know that they can't publicly come out against term limits because it's too popular. So in their infinite cunning have come up with this strategy of attacking the process. Tell people that we can't trust an Article 5 convention. Now, of course, Article 5 convention, the founding fathers of the United States came up with it. It's a very safe process. People know how it works. 38 states have to sign off on anything. But the opponents of term limits are fomenting division and uncertainty on the basis of that. They're spreading misinformation. That's what we saw on the floor of the Senate last time. I think what's going to be different about it this time is that we are fixing the facts. We are correcting the misinformation. We're getting... um, facts, source material to the senators. And if you listen to this clip, Aaron Duquette, he basically demolished all of these myths in a matter of minutes. He clearly won over the senators, seeing as the result was so positive. It was 5-0. The first time we went through that committee, there were actually a few senators who voted against it. So I think we're in a much better position right now.
0: And hats off to Aaron as well for doing a superb job. Well, let's hear it. Let's play the majority of the committee meeting um, in which it passed.
2: Thank you, Chairwoman. Ryan Haney here representing U.S. term limits, members of the committee. The resolution simply is a statement of the Louisiana legislature to request an Article 5 Convention of States uh, on the sole subject of U.S. term limits to be basically talked about in a Convention of States. Uh, the process would require 35 total states to pass the exact same language for any convention to actually take place. Uh, the convention, when it would if be called, uh, would have to have a, a, a consensus, a majority of states agreeing to terms, and then it would have to come back to the legislature to be ratified.
0: Okay. A question from Senator Full.
3: Thank you, Madam Chair. So. Some of the concerns I've heard is that maybe if we do this, it would open up a uh, convention to look at all areas of the Constitution. But it's my understanding from speaking with you that you believe it would only address term limits.
2: Correct. So, you know, where people, I think, have confusion is that it's in our state's country's history. Nobody's ever got to 30, 35 states to all agree, right, to do something. Um, I think people are kind of scared of the unknown. We feel very confident, and I'm going to invite Aaron up if he wants to, Give a couple of seconds i think it's helpful okay if you would introduce yourself please sir
4: yes uh my name is aaron duquette and i'm with u.s term limits uh i want to thank the committee for having us today um just to speak real briefly to to the concern right about the if this convention can be limited um i can speak to that in a number of ways um two-thirds of the states per per article five in the constitution and i would encourage any member to to read it over again right in the constitution Uh, It's very clear that two-thirds of the state legislatures have to pass the same resolution on the same topic uh, in order for this convention to be triggered. And the explicit purpose of that convention is uh, predetermined right within Article 5 itself. Uh, It calls itself a convention to propose amendments. So its purpose is limited, number one, to uh, only proposals. Right? So there's no effect of law within the convention itself, uh, it simply proposes an amendment like Congress might. And then that has to go back to the state legislatures, 38 state legislatures need to ratify whatever comes out of that. So that means only 13 states are required to shoot anything down. So nothing's open. <clears throat> the The Constitution is never open in that process anymore than any of the other amendments we've had to the Constitution. Uh, it's conflated with the idea of a constitutional convention, uh, which is an open right sort of plenary powers convention uh, to draft a whole new amendment new
2: and that's where a lot of the confusion has came is there's two different ways to amend the Constitution Congress can do it they can call a convention and that is a different beast than what we're talking about with the state's right side of it where the states and the legislatures can call it
0: and just as a um, reminder to the committee last term we did pass a resolution That many of us you know voted on that uh, would set up a a convention to address three issues term limits federal overreach and federal funding so the idea of doing this separately is to say you know maybe there's not 34 states that agree with doing a convention for those three topics but maybe there's 34 states that agree with doing this one topic term limits is there any more discussion on this resolution I don't have any other Folks on the board, what's the pleasure of the committee? Senator Milligan moves favorable on HCR 6. Any objection? Seeing none, then we'll move HCR 6 favorable. Now this is really impressive for a lot of reasons. Uh, one is that, as you said, in the first floor vote in the Senate, we got shot down because all this confusion came up about the um, how Article 5 works or whatever. But what we just heard in this committee meeting is that These senators are pretty up to date on this. And of course, they had Aaron there uh, schooling them. That's a little bit different than what we saw last time in the Senate. And of course, everyone on this committee is a senator and is going to be voting in that final floor vote. So there's five votes right there.
1: Aaron, by the way, former teacher who has left that vocation, but he's still teaching. I mean, he's educating politicians on how this works. And, you know, he's dedicating Mm -hmm. himself to passing term limits for Congress. Uh, So it's incredible. And I think what will probably make the difference this time out is we are tenaciously doing outreach to every senator. We are educating them on term limits, educating them on Article 5. They're getting calls from their constituents daily. Mm -hmm. They're getting emails daily, and we're putting pressure on them back home in the district. And so you can make the educational argument, and you can win arguments until the cows come home. But what are politicians (laughs) mainly focused on? They're focused on... Politics. What do the people right, back home? Re-elected. Yeah, getting reelected. It's their only focus. Term limits wouldn't exist if that weren't true. So they're worried what do people back home in the district think? We know over 80% of them want term limits, Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. And we know that US term limits is publicizing their positions on this. And I'll give you one example of that. So on the first go-around, we lost in the state senate sixteen, eighteen. It failed. And that's in part because two senators who signed our pledge, who'd personally committed themselves to vote for it, they reneged on their word. Wow. The senators uh, At the last minute. At the last minute. Heather Cloud and Beth mm-hmm. Mizell. This one senator, Beth Mizell, she was so shameless, she signed the pledge, our pledge, and actually took a picture of herself holding it up and smiling. This was during the campaign, so she said, Yeah, look at me, I support term limits. And then as soon as she gets reelected, as soon as she got done riding that term limits wave into office, she breaks her word. So it's disgraceful behavior, but it's exactly what you see in politics every day. The difference is we're not going to let her get away with it. Today, as you are downloading this podcast, as you are listening to this podcast, mailers are landing in the district in the mailbox of every voter in Beth Meisel's district to tell them that she broke her word on congressional term limits. So at this point, you know, we're not attacking anybody. What we're doing is we are telling the truth. We are telling the voters where Beth Meisel stands on term limits, and we're putting the ball in the voters' court to deal with their own senator. It's not us. It's the voters she's got to deal with now. Let's see how that works out for her.
3: Hi, this is Ken Quinn, Regional Director with U.S. Term Limits. One of the most frustrating things we encounter sometimes when speaking with state legislators is their misunderstanding of Article 5 itself by claiming that it's a con-con, meaning a constitutional convention that can rewrite the entire Constitution. Typically, they say this because they have never researched the subject themselves and are only repeating what they've heard others say about it. Then there are others that use it as a smokescreen and an excuse to stop reforms that the people want in order to protect the establishment and maintain the status quo. Now, on a personal note, I opposed the idea of an article five convention because I was ignorant of the facts. I only read the propaganda that came from an anti-Article V group that created fear of it as a tactic to raise money for their organization. It wasn't until I did my own research and discovered that they were outright lying about our constitutional history that I embraced the idea and realized that the Article V Convention is the very tool the framers gave us to check the power of an abusive and corrupt Congress. The evidence that an Article V Convention is not a con-con is irrefutable. Any person who refuses to believe that after being presented with the facts is either too proud to admit they were wrong or they have a motive to deceive others for personal reasons. All of the records demonstrate that the framers and ratifiers of the Constitution understood that Article 5 was not a con-con and could only propose the amendments the state legislatures specified in their applications. One simple example of this truth is that the framers rejected a motion giving Article 5 the same power as a constitutional convention. Yes, you heard that correctly. The framers rejected a con-con. All you need to do is read the debate at the federal convention on September 15th. Immediately after the unanimous vote to restore the convention back into Article 5, the motion was made by Roger Sherman of Connecticut, and James Madison documented the following, quote, Mr. Sherman moved to strike out of Article 5 after legislatures the words, quote, of three-fourths, unquote, and so after the word conventions, leaving future conventions to act in this matter, like the present convention, according to circumstances, unquote. That motion was rejected by the framers. Had Sherman's motion passed, it would have required a unanimous vote to make any changes to the Constitution, which was one of the major problems with the Articles of Confederation and why it was never amended. The requirement for unanimous consent is a long-standing practice among countries, states, and parties when they are joining a new compact, not amending one. And based on Sherman's statement, Article 5 would have had the power to act like the present convention, a constitutional convention to draft a new constitution. Thankfully, the framers rejected the con con and gave us a tool to check the power of a corrupt federal government. It is time we finally use it and propose a term limits amendment for Congress to help turn that corrupt body of career politicians into one where citizen legislators represent the American people for a short period of time. Please join us at Termoats.com and let's make the framers proud and use Article 5 as they intended us to do.
0: They know that they get positive press when they um, will sign a pledge for tournaments because everybody loves tournaments. Um, But then to once they win and to get into office and to break that pledge that they made to the voters is, is shameful. And you're right. The voters now in her district this week are going to find out what she did. Um, we don't think that there's going to be a, a last-minute conversion. Mizell is going to come over and, and vote for the limits bill. Who knows? I, I know I would. You know, if I were a senator, why would I choose this hill
1: to die on? You know, if all my constituents are telling me to do it, if I'm a so-called Republican and my party platform says we need term limits on Congress, I don't see any reason for someone to stand against that. It doesn't seem logical, really, so it's hard to explain. Um, But, you know, I can't get inside her head and see what she's thinking. I'm just hoping she takes the rational approach and realizes, you know, path of least resistance is to vote for it. And if you really care about fixing Congress, why not vote for it? A vote against this is a vote for the corrupt status quo in Washington, and everyone is against that.
0: And US. tournaments is always fair. We um, let voters know when someone signs a pledge for tournaments. We let voters know when someone breaks a pledge for tournaments. and we'll let voters know if she and others vote for the tournaments convention bill. So it's not a matter of promoting a politician or attacking a politician. It's just about letting voters know what those politicians, what actions they take on the issue of tournaments. And that's it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited about the vote, um, like I said. Uh, it would be really anticlimactic to have it be just like last episode, but I'm thinking this ending is going to be a little bit different. I'm hoping
1: so, and uh, we're not just talking to those two senators. Like, if, if those senators change their vote, then you're at 18, but you really need 20. So we're, we're also doing outreach to the senators who had missed the initial vote. Uh, there were at least two of them who said they might support it. Uh, we're doing outreach to democrats in the state senate all of them because in the state house you had this huge disparity between the house and the senate where in the house a majority of the democrats voted for it in the senate none of the democrats voted for it so what's up with that why couldn't we get a single democrat in the senate Uh, but we're talking to them we're working on them sometimes people will call us and they'll say well you People at U.S. term limits are not team players because, you know, we're not acting like loyal Republicans or we're not acting like loyal Democrats. Well, we're team players. But what folks sometimes fail to understand is our team is term limits. That's our, right. team, our team is reforming the entire system, not taking one side or the other. So that's, that's what right. this is all about. Let's hope they see the light.
0: We're on the citizens if, team, not the politicians team. Right. The Kentucky primaries are on Tuesday this week. Former Marine Amy McGrath isn't the only candidate challenging Mitch McConnell for the Kentucky seat in the U.S. Senate. Charles Booker is a 35-year-old African-American state representative who has been endorsed by the Kentucky Herald-Leader, Senator Bernie Sanders, and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. In last week's podcast, we contrasted Amy McGrath's support for term limits, including signing the U.S. Term Limits Pledge with Mitch McConnell's long and active opposition to term limits. As he shared last week on the online program, The Root, Booker also favors empowering citizens against entrenched incumbency.
4: We, you know, we talk about Mitch McConnell being a sellout. Um, We know that politics changes people and we know that, or it helps you involve in a wide range of ways, right? And so, that, that experience, it
0: does it to everybody. What are you doing to prepare yourself to not sell out uh once you do yeah. get yours the, the seat
4: yeah i mean first of all that's why i believe in terms limits first of all if you are in government for a long time you just naturally can become a part of the problem i mean even if you are well intentioned and and i mean it comes out of self-preservation that's why it was easy for me to not run for re-election like this is not my seat this is the people's seat And I need to be doing the work about helping folks, not trying to build up titles or advance my career. I'll be fine. I don't need to be in elected office um, to have a career. I'm doing this because I want things to change.
0: Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of No Uncertain Terms. With elections coming, your state legislator needs to hear from you. Go to termlimits.com and under the Current Actions tab, choose Contact Your State Legislator. Put in your address and you can send an email to both your state house and senate rep to sign the term limits pledge. That's termlimits.com under the current actions tab. Thank you. We'll be back next week. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review. The No Uncertain Terms podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and now Google Play.
2: I wrote a public
1: service announcement, by the way. Should I read my public service announcement? It's very brief, and it's kind of stupid, but we're in uncertain and unprecedented times, challenging times. Even. There is a great disease taking over our society, and that is career politicians. I want all our listeners to make sure they wear their term limits face mask in the presence of career politicians and maintain six years of electoral distance. Keep career politicians far, far away from your Capitol dome to ensure the health of your republic. Just a quick public service announcement. Those are U.S. term limits guidelines for fighting the disease of career politicians.